0: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and you are indeed locked on magic today it's November 2nd, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming at you today to talk all about the Magic's big win over the Memphis Grizzlies, a battle of the two teams with the top record in the NBA. Unbelievably, I guess the early season fun is still afoot. But the Orlando Magic went into Memphis looking to get a big win, come home with a winning trip, winning record on this road trip, and came away with a sometimes sloppy, sometimes ugly But still, impressive victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'll recap that in just a moment, as well as talk a little bit more about uh, about what the win means at the end of the day. But before I do that, I want to remind everyone that you can check out the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching iTunes for Locked On and your second favorite team or the team that you're looking for. If you're looking for the Grizzlies' perspective on tonight's game, you can check out the guys over at Locked On Grizzlies. If you're looking to get a jump start. On Friday's game against the Chicago Bulls, you can check out Locked On Bulls. Just like Locked On Magic, they do a fantastic job covering the teams on a day-to-day basis with the kind of detail that you expect from a show like Locked On Magic, from a show that covers the team daily. You can also be sure to check out the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. They do a great job covering the NFL. Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Dolphins are there for you. But let's dive right into the Magic's win over the Memphis Grizzlies. It was not a pretty affair by any stretch of the imagination. For the first time, the Magic failed to score 110 points in a game. If I'm not mistaken, it's the first time all year they failed to reach the 110-point mark. But at the same time, it was the second straight game that the Magic have held an opponent to less than 100 points for a game. But this game was extremely ugly, and nothing symbolized that more than the very, very end. Orlando had, I think it was a five-point lead at one point. Memphis came back, took you know a lot of a ma- lot of mistakes by the Magic, a lot of self-inflicted wounds by the Magic, but Memphis came back, took the lead by one on a Marcusol hook shot, and then Orlando had to scramble to get back. They ran that nice little stagger screenplay that they run for Evan Fournier. Aaron Gordon peeled out to the corner, and Fournier found him perfectly for a three-pointer in front of the Grizzlies bench. He drained it, and the Magic went up by one. But The festivities or the fun in Memphis did not end there. As many of you know, the last two or three years that the Magic have gone to Memphis, they have taken some tough losses, like losses right on the chin, that really they had no business losing, really games that they should have won and should have won fairly, not fairly easily, but should have won and had pretty handily. And this time would be no different, or it would be different, but the way the path to get there would be no different. Terrence Ross, unfortunately, just had a disaster of a final minute and a half, two minutes of this game. It started when Terrence Ross just slipped, and half that happens. With the Magic up by one Terrence and about probably 30 seconds left in the game, Terrence Ross just slipped, and Mario Chalmers was able to steal the ball. It looked like he had a clear path to the basket to to, to take the lead, but Nikola Vucevic actually did a good job challenging the shot. He got back, may have fouled him. Got back, challenged a shot, forced a miss layup. Magic were able to corral the rebound and set up their offense again. But when they got down to the other end of the floor, Terrence Ross curls around to the corner. Looks like he has an open three, but he is out of bounds. He steps out of bounds, and the Grizzlies get the ball back. Memphis, though, give the Magic a lot of credit in this instance then. They did a great job denying the ball to Marcus, Gasol, preventing him from getting a post-touch and getting a post-look. And forcing the Grizzlies to kind of scramble around and find some offense. Mario Chalmers gave Jonathan Simmons a decent jab step. Simmons actually fell over. Gave Chalmers a wide open three. Chalmers misses the shot. And so with one final chance to, to make this a three-point game or, or something more, after a timeout, Terrence Ross is trying to inbound the ball. Thinks he has Nikola Vucevic going to the basket. Instead, Nikola Vucevic peels toward the corner. And the Magic turn it over on the inbounds. and on the ensuing possession, it's actually Dylan Brooks, the rookie, who gets a wide open three. Falls no good. The Magic hold on to win one oh one to ninety nine. Terrence Ross's anticlimactic heroics, or whatever you want to call it, aside, this this that that was kind of the game the Magic played all night. Unfortunately, they really struggled with turnovers all game long. Twenty four turnovers for the Magic. Thirty points off turnovers for the Grizzlies. It was a big chunk of their offense. A big reason why Orlando went up big early on. They hit a lot of threes. They were able to get themselves going offensively. Memphis. Memphis stormed back thanks to just sloppy basketball from the Magic. The Magic just did not have a lot of continuity with them. You look at some of the turnover lists. Jonathan Simmons five turnovers. Terrence Ross four turnovers. Three of them, of course, coming in the final minute and a half or so. Nikola Vucevic four turnovers. All in all, 24 turnovers for the Magic. That is not going to get the job done most nights. And and Orlando certainly struggled for it. But Orlando has been able to kind of cover up some of these mistakes and cover up some of these issues with their shooting. And and, and we are kind of waiting for the shooting to, to drop and, and for the team to kind of fall off a little bit uh, 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 in that. But it's just not happening. Orlando shoots 13 for 29 from beyond the arc in this game. Evan Fournier hits 4 of 7. Terrence Ross, 2 of 6. Aaron Gordon, 2 of 4. Marie Spates, another 2 out of 3 night from beyond the arc. Orlando, Orlando's just hitting threes. And teams, it's not that teams aren't defending it. They know the three is coming. The Magic just move the ball really, really effectively. And they get open shots. So they're making a lot of open shots right now. And we'll have to look at some of those stats in the near future to to really see... How the Magic are hitting those open shots early on in this early on in this season, but Orlando really relied heavily on the three-point shot, and that got them into a little bit of trouble as Memphis came back in the game. The turnovers piled up. The Magic couldn't create good offense. Memphis did, I think, what Charlotte did really well, forced Orlando into corners where they could not find the outlet to pass, forced them to dribble the ball too much, and that's when the Magic get that's when the Magic are in trouble offensively, and that hasn't happened very much this year. But teams are starting to figure out how to defend this team. Now, it hasn't worked consistently. certainly hasn't worked consistently. So the Magic continue to just put up a ton of points. Orlando ends up shooting 50.7% for the game in addition to that 44.8% shooting from beyond the arc. And that's a big reason why they're winning these games is they are just simply hitting shots. And when they need offense, they can find it. Evan Fournier scores 22 points, 9 for 16 shooting, 4 for 7 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds and 3 assists for him as well. Aaron Gordon, 19 points, 7 for 11 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, and 7 rebounds for Aaron Gordon. Terrence Ross, say you know, Terrence Ross got a lot of heat for how poorly he played in that last minute, but to that point, I thought he played a very good game, really strong defensively, 15 points, 6-for-14 shooting, 2-for-6 from beyond the arc. But of course, those four turnovers, including three late in the game. Jonathan Simmons and Shelvin Mack with nine points apiece. Only bad news of the game. DJ Augustin left in the first half with a strained hamstring, it sounds like. And the Magic are hoping they get Alfred Payton back sooner rather than later. But I think, again, the story has to be the Magic's defense. And, and the Magic, while they were making three-pointers and kind of playing at the slow pace that Memphis likes, the Magic... Got, played some decent defense and, and and were able to get the stops that they needed down the stretch or, or you know, some of it might have been luck. But Orlando was able to keep themselves in it even when their offense was slow and stagnating because their defense was not too bad. You look at Marcus Sol, 22 points, 9 rebounds. That's what you would expect from him. Tyree Evans had a really good game at 32 points, uh, but he also turned the ball over five times. And a lot of his points came in transition. So when the Magic were able to control the ball when they weren't turning it over, They were putting themselves in a position to succeed. So I I think the Magic had a lot that they they had to like about this game. It was a grimy, dirty, gritty game. And that's what I want to talk about next as we begin to think about this Magic team in kind of the bigger scale picture of the season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. We're sitting here now at six and two. The Magic have the best record in the Eastern Conference, tied with the Boston Celtics. We'll see them Sunday. Uh, we're sitting here at six and two, and, and we're not quite sure what to think. You know, I, I think it's I think it's fair to say that would 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 everyone agree that that we're not sure, not necessarily who this Magic team is, but we're not sure what to believe when it comes to this Magic team because obviously it's early. Obviously, a lot of these stats seem like outliers, but I I, I think back to what Frank Vogel said: with each success, you gain confidence. And I think we're getting a point where each game just adds to the evidence and adds to what is normal for this team. You know, I I did that exercise, or I did the podcast with the with the Bird Rights earlier in the week, and you know, I thought the Magic were going to lose that game. It was coming right off the loss of the Charlotte Hornets, and I thought. You know, the Pelicans are the kind of team that would give the Magic some trouble. I think they're going to start falling back down to earth. And, you know, I think even as I analyze this team, there is a new normal that is becoming a reality, that 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 is beginning to exist. So, what is this new normal? Well, let, let's kind of push that question to the side here. That's going to be a question that we'll, we'll be asking and answering for a while, because, the only thing that is normal right now is the magic are winning. you give them just about any kind of problem or any kind of game to solve and this magic team is answering the bell I, I you know if, as a longtime magic follower, magic fan and then magic writer, there is always something that... You know, there was a long period where the Magic didn't win game, where the Magic were a 500 team and didn't win anything of significance. You know, I I grew up in the Tracy McGrady era, but my my basketball knowledge during the 95 run wasn't deep enough, so I I can't tell, you know, my feeling was, oh, this is a good team, it's fun to watch this team. I didn't really start watching every single game every night, you know, mostly because my parents made me go to bed at, you know, at a decent hour as opposed to how late I'm up right now. But by the time that the mid-2000s came around, I was able to watch almost every single game. And if not, I DVR'd it and watched it in the morning. And you, know, you, you grow up watching a 500 team, you just never know what you're going to get every night. Because a 500 team is essentially a 50-50 shot every game. And so I remember watching, So I, you know, really what I learned about winning basketball, I learned from that 2019, because so much of it I had forgotten. I mean, I remember going, you know, I was in college at the time, I came home for a Cousins Bar Mitzvah and went to game four of the Eastern Conference semis against the Celtics in '09. And I remember walking into the arena and, and being in that first quarter even. And just forgetting how intense the second round of the playoffs was. And, and I'm sure Magic fans over the last five years, and I'm sure even as media, I've covered a playoff game, but I, I'm sure we're going to get, you know, if the Magic make the playoffs or when the Magic make the playoffs again, we're going to forget just how intense those games are. And those games have to be. Keep that in your back, keep that in the back of your mind for now. But I remember watching the 2008 team, and especially the 2009 team. What always made me think, this 2009 team is really special. Or, oh, this, this is what a good team feels like. Was the belief that, almost that winning wasn't enough. It kind of turned into winning wasn't enough. You're playing against a standard more than your opponent. But, what I always remembered about that 2009 team, and and when I really began to believe in that team, and I'm, I'm beginning to get that feeling about this team, maybe not to that extent, but what I always remembered about that 2009 team was they won games even when it was clear they weren't the better team that night, or... They didn't have their best stuff. I always would say, the Magic just pulled that game out of there, you-know-where. I have no clue how they won that game. They just found a way. And it didn't have to be pretty. It didn't even have to be in their style. They just found a way. And through the first eight games of this season, we've seen that occur with this Magic team. This year's Magic team that they just find a way. And Wednesday's game is a perfect example. Wednesday the Grizzlies controlled the pace. According to nba.com, the Magic was play the game was played at a pace of 99.1 possessions per 48 minutes. The Magic had only a 101.9 offensive rating, which is not good for them. They were they were up at around 110 average for the season. Yet despite the game being played at a slower pace, not to the Magic's liking. Something I talked about yesterday, that if the Grizzlies are able to slow this game down, the Magic could be in trouble. But this game wasn't played to the Magic's liking. They turned the ball over a ton. 24.2%, nearly one in every four possessions, the Magic turned it over. And yet... We're sitting here talking about a win. A 6-2 win. A, a win that gets them to 6-2 over a team that was that's 5-3. A good team. Yes, they didn't have Mike Conley. But it was still a good team and still a good win. The Magic throughout this season, and I don't think that it was isolated to this game, throughout the season have found ways to win in different ways. Maybe it's not the cleanest way. But they're finding ways to win. Opening night against the Miami Heat, they go up by 17. They lose that lead. And, you know, we've talked about the resilience of this squad. That was a game they lose last year. Even they admit that. But they found a way to win. They made the shots and plays they needed to win. Night after they lose to Brooklyn, they go to Cleveland. Second night of a back-to-back. Disappointing loss in their second game. Everyone... I remember what Twitter was like. Everyone felt like the Magic had blown their momentum, that they were the same old Magic. The Miami game was the fluke. They go to Cleveland and go up by 37 points. Blow the doors open, win that thing pretty much wire to wire. Next time against Brooklyn, they're down by 12 in the second half. It looks like, again, that they're falling victim to playing to their opponent. And then they blow the doors, and then they blow the doors open in the fourth quarter. They make the shot, they make the plays, they get the win against San Antonio. They lead wire to wire against Charlotte. They fall behind by sixteen. They're, they're probably, I think this is, that's their biggest deficit of the season. They get that thing down to within three. And even though they didn't make the shots to, to eventually win that game, that fight says something this early in the season. But it says more that after that disappointing loss to Charlotte, they all diagnosed the problem. They said we didn't play with the urgency we needed to from the beginning. They go to New Orleans. They struggle a little bit defensively in the first half, but they play much more urgent, much with much more energy. And they win the game. They hold the Hornets, they hold, they hold the Pelicans to, what, 45 points in the second half? 35 points in the second half, something like that. And win that game running away. And then they reach Memphis. This is the last game on this road trip. A very good, very hot Memphis team. And in a grimy, dirty game where the Magic commit plenty of mistakes on their own, Memphis didn't need to help them. The Magic turned it over. They got in their own way. They nearly gave the game away. And they found a way to win. They made the plays they needed to. And they were trailing for a good chunk of that game too. Second and third quarters, the magic were trailing. They found a way to win. Now, whether this trend will continue, who knows? I don't think we quite know the character of this team yet. We don't quite know whether, again, whether this team is for real. What is real? What's going to stick? I don't think we've reached normal yet with this team. And it's going to be very interesting to see just how long it takes to get there or not necessarily how long it's going to be interesting to see what normal is what happens when they reach a little bit of a rough patch or whether this team truly is ready to take that step up that unexpected step up to contend for something. That part is still unknown. I think we've seen enough through eight games to, to fairly conclude that this team has a little bit of resilience and a little bit of toughness and is much better than we all thought. I think, well, I don't think any of us are willing to say realistically that the Magic are going to get home court in the, in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think we can realistically say that this is this team is going to be in it for the long haul in the playoffs. And I think we can all realistically say that the expectations are to make the playoffs now. You know, as we were grilling Frank Vogel last week while the Magic were home, and trying to make sense of this hot start, you know, we tried to throw some numbers at him, try to say, okay, what what are you seeing? Like I remember asking him at one point, you know, the team's defensive rating looks really good, but what are you seeing from the defense that needs to continue to tighten up and improve? And you know, to, to answer answering questions like that. Vogel has said, you know, I, at this early stage of the season, I'm not looking at numbers. The numbers just, there's, the sample size is too small. But he said at around the 10-game mark, that's when he starts to look at numbers and starts to notice, starts to look at trends and starts to see, okay, what is real? What do we really need to work on? We're now eight games in. If the 10-game mark is the point when we can really start to feel things are real, Statistically, at least, we are almost there. And the Magic are 6-2, and two, and they do not seem to be going away. And at every opportunity so far this season, or just about every opportunity so far this season, where it seemed like the Magic were going to fold, where things just did not seem to be perfect for an Orlando victory, Orlando found a way. They pulled a game out. When everyone least expected it. And that, that I am 100% certain, is the sign of a good team. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find the Locked On Magic podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-name listening device. iTunes is going to be the best place to download the podcast. We're still working with some of our other partners to switch over. We're also on the Panoply Network, so if you search uh, for Locked On Magic on Panoply, you should also find us. If you're having any problems getting Locked On Magic, um, whether you're listening to this on the Orlando Magic Daily or wherever you're listening to this uh, with the link that I provide, if you're having any problems getting the Locked On Magic podcast, please, 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 please contact me. You can find me on Twitter at Lockdown Magic as well as email me at omagicdaily at gmail.com. Happy to provide you with the RSS link for you to share uh, and redirect your podcast uh, listening toward. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can find me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, you can check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as on Twitter at o Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.